South Korea's platform giant Kakao Corporation is facing its biggest crisis yet, mired in stock manipulation allegations on top of rising criticism over its monopolistic operations system. Kakao, after the huge success of Kakao Talk, has exponentially expanded its businesses to nearly 130 affiliates. That's just in a span of a decade. But now, of course, we're talking about its undesirable side effects. On today's GMS Focus, we look into Kakao's crisis, as well as Korea's chronic problem of market dominance by giant conglomerates with Professor Yang Jun-suk joining us on the line. Good morning, Dr. Yang. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, can we begin with a closer look at these stock manipulation allegations, which clearly has further reaching implications for the company at large? Kakao's chief investment officer, Bezeon, has been arrested on charges of manipulating SM Entertainment's market price for Kakao's acquisition of SM back in March. And now the prosecution is also aiming at Kakao founder Kim Bumsu for his suspected involvement. He was also called in for questioning. Can you first explain? to us in detail Kakao's alleged stock manipulation and how it was possible. Okay, well, SM Management is one of the four major celebrity management companies in Korea. It managed uh, globally famous K-pop stars such as uh, Boa, Shiny, uh, Girls' Generation, and so on. Uh, when the uh, founder for SM Entertainment, Lee Soo-min, decided to retire from SM. He sold his stock to a competitor, Hive Entertainment. But Kakao also has an entertainment subsidiary, uh, Kakao Entertainment. And uh, they wanted to get the control of SM Entertainment, which set up a stock fight between Kakao and Hive over SM. Uh, in the end, Kakao succeeded in buying and controlling 39.87% of the outstanding stock becoming the largest stockholder and gaining the, uh, uh, gaining the control of the SM. Uh, but the accusation is that Kakao not only bought the required stock, but spent about 240 billion won to keep the price of SM stock high so that Hive could not afford to buy enough uh, additional stock to counter Kakao. Mm. Now, when the uh, stock fight took place in March, it was noted that as soon as Kakao won the battle, the price of SM Entertainment stock fell by more than 4% in a week. And the uh, also, this seems like a really strange mistake to make, mm. but Kakao, uh, management of Kakao did not notify the Financial Supervisory Service that the uh, Kakao had gained more than 5% of outstanding stock in SM. Uh, when you gain more than 5% in a stock in a company, you're supposed to uh, notify financial supervisory service. Uh, this may be seen as a minor indiscretion, but yeah. uh, since it's something that's so basic, it's uh, really, really strange that they made such a legal mistake. Mm. Uh, but anyhow, uh, the uh, situation uh, uh, with Kakao and SM comes on top of uh, finding some serious long-term manipulation in stock prices by, uh, by certain investors using foreign banks and investment firms to push the price of stock up uh, over nearly two years. It also comes on top of Young Pung Jeji, whose uh, prices rose by 700% mm. uh, before the uh, manipulation was revealed in uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, so it's really uh, uh, one of the elements which are making the uh, Korean stock market uh, look uh, very weak in terms of protecting against 
stock price manipulation. Hmm. If Kakao is in fact found guilty of actually manipulating those stock prices when they were acquiring SM Entertainment, it could have, I, I guess, much more far-reaching implications, especially for Kakao Bank. Analysts say the company will have to renounce its status as the largest shareholder for Kakao Bank. Uh, may even have to give up, of course, of its acquisition of SM Entertainment. Uh, Dr. Yang, what consequences will Kakao face in the worst-case scenario? Okay, well, the worst-case scenario is that if uh, Kakao, uh, get under the existing law, no non-financial uh, entity can own more than 10% of the commercial bank, uh, but there is an exception granted for internet banks like Kakao Bank and TAS, and under uh that exemption, uh, the internet partner, technological partner, can own more than 10% of a bank. So Kakao right now owns about 27% of Kakao Bank. And in fact, it is the major stockholder. Uh, but under the same law, if that non-financial entity major stockholder is convicted of a violation of certain laws, uh, tax laws, anti-monopoly laws, uh, certain financial laws, and a few others, and if the penalty for that violation goes beyond a simple monetary fine, then the then that stockholder has to sell uh, any stock that's over 10% of the outstanding stock. And because Kakao is the major stockholder and it owns 27% of Kakao Bank, if they are penalized beyond a simple mo- uh, monetary fine, they will have to give up uh, of that 27%, they have to give up 17% of that stock. They have to sell it. And that means that uh, Kakao Bank will no longer uh, be a major stockholder. Uh, right now, uh, Korea Investment Fund uh, is the uh, second largest owner. They hold exactly one share less than the uh, Kakao Bank, and they will become the uh, major shareholder. Uh, so uh, this will cost basically Kakao Bank, uh, any uh, ownership that they have in Kakao Bank, uh, which is uh, one of the uh, big, uh, biggest growth uh, channels that Kakao has uh, sought to uh, establish mm. uh, beyond their current IT uh, center. Mm. Uh, so uh, if they are found guilty, and if they are punished beyond a monetary fine, then this will be something major for the Kakao Group. Mm. In the worst case scenario, you're implying that Kakao can lose not just Kakao Bank, but also, of course, SM, right? Well, SM, they can lose the... Right now, the uh, FTC, mm-hmm. uh, Korea Fair Trade, uh, Fair Trade Commission, is looking into whether uh, Kakao Entertainment taking over uh, SM Entertainment has uh, anti-competitive, uh, antitrust implications, okay. but it doesn't really have uh, antitrust implication on the, uh, because of the stock manipulation, but uh, how they gain the company is one of the criteria that they look at. Uh, so if they determine that uh, Kakao took over SM using uh, illegal means, then they can nullify uh, those purchases. And if they do, in fact, nullify and everyone has to start from uh, square one, uh, could Kakao <laughs> compete again to acquire SM or is that not allowed? Well, uh, they, uh, they could try to buy SM again. Mm. Uh, problem is, uh, will they be able to outbid mm. Hive Entertainment again, mm. Uh, mm. not using stock manipulation, mm. uh, but also... Uh, 
Uh, part of the problem is that uh, Cacao Bank, uh, Cacao has invested so much in Cacao Bank. I mean, uh. even the name is the same. Uh, so uh, really, uh, uh, not being able to keep Cacao Bank will be a major hit for the Cacao Group, even if they can get SM Entertainment back. Yeah. Uh, then uh, even there, there's a question whether they can do it again, because first time, they apparently had to depend on stock manipulation to do it. All right. So first and foremost, we'll have to wait for those investigation process. Uh, Dr. Young, as we alluded to at the top of the segment, Cacao seems to be facing its biggest crisis yet. Uh, accusations of monopoly also coming from Cacao Mobility, of course, known for its online taxi hailing service. It's on a chopping for, uh, board for its monopolistic operation. President Yoon, in fact, has made direct comments aimed at Cacao Tea, slamming its abuse of market dominance. How exactly did Cacao Tea abuse its power, and what are your thoughts on the company's efforts to overhaul its commission system? Okay, well, uh, this uh, began back in February. Uh, mm-hmm. Fair Trade Commission accused uh, that the Cacao Mobility had been using its system to favor taxi drivers who pay extra to belong to a Cacao Tea Blue service, uh, and Cacao would not inform non-blue taxis of uh, nearby customers, and uh, Cacao would assign blue taxis which were further away from customers than non-blue taxis, uh, giving various advantages to uh, taxis which are uh, which are paying extra uh, to uh, get into the blue uh, taxi service. Uh, by manipulating data and manipulating its uh, algorithms for the hailing uh, uh, taxi, uh, taxi service. Uh, then in October, Kirko Mobility was also accused of exaggerating its revenues. Uh, the way that that works is that Kirko Mobility, it receives 20% of the taxi fare as commission for its services, but it rebates 16% of that for participating in market marketing activities. So the uh, net charge to taxi drivers is only about 4%. But in the uh, accounting reports that Mutaka Mobility published, uh, it ignored the uh, 16% rebate and it classified the entire 20% as revenues. So it distorted its revenues. It overblew its uh, revenues by about 300 billion won. And because Kakao is effectively a monopoly in taxi hailing application, there had been rumors that Cacao had an, uh, Cacao is overcharging the taxi drivers, and it also had a hand in Uber uh, mm. and Tata incidents where uh, they tried to get rid of their uh, competitors uh, when Uber and Tata had problems with the uh, taxi drivers. Uh, there had been some uh, rumors saying that perhaps Cacao uh, helped the uh, taxi drivers drive out the Tata Tada and uh, Uber uh, from the Korean taxi markets. Mm. Now, over the uh, past few weeks, Kakao uh, well aware that uh, they have been targeted not by the government, not only by the government, but it was losing its luster with the public. It has engaged in emergency management meetings, and for Kakao Mobility, it promised to negotiate with taxi drivers. Uh, the problem is, we don't know exactly what that. Uh, uh, negotiations, the taxi drivers will end up uh, with the uh, devils in the details in cases like this. It's always good that uh, they're having negotiations, uh, but until we see the end results, uh, we won't really see how uh, better it will be for taxi drivers and uh, c- consumers in general. So uh, 
I'm not too optimistic about it, mm. but uh, it's good that they're having these discussions. Uh, Cacao mobility may just be the tip of the iceberg when looking into a much more deeply rooted market dominance by giant conglomerates in Korea. It's not certainly not the first time we talked about Tebar just dabbling in multiple businesses. While some say those big companies like Samsung are leading the nation's economy, what are your perspectives on their continual predominance, Dr. Young? Okay, well, fundamental problems with Chebar, I think, is twofold. The first we've uh, reportedly talked about here with Cacao is that Cacao has a monopoly in one field. Mm-hmm. Now, you can argue that that monopoly was well-earned. That's the uh, IT side, uh, the uh, SNS app that everybody is using. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very convenient. It's better than its competitors. So uh, it effectively has a monopoly, but you can argue that they earned that monopoly. Mm-hmm. Uh So up to there, you can argue that uh, it's good. Uh, But uh, what happens very often with these chabars is that they have a very strong center, and then they use that center to move into other industries and try to get monopoly there as well. Now, uh, in a uh, capitalistic society, in a competitive economy, you can argue that that's a thing that companies should do, but the big problem is they cross subsidize. Um, What we mean by cross-subsidization is that they use the profit from the very strong center or they use futures from the uh, center to give unfair advantages to new competition. It drives out competition in other industries uh, so that the uh, Teba company can establish a uh, uh, monopoly or a very strong oligopoly in other industries and that uh, drives out competition in other industries, and ultimately it uh, could hurt the consumer uh, by uh, reducing competition all around. Uh, Now, the way that other countries deal with this is that they have a lot of times very uh, strong uh, control over uh, or uh, very strong laws against cross-subsidization and anti-competitive practices. Korea doesn't seem to have as such uh, strong monitoring or as strong uh, restrictions on monopoly monopoly, uh, activities or uh, activities that could end up in monopolies. Mm. Uh, But Korea does uh, sometimes have very strong uh, laws against Chabas moving into uh, another field, uh, which could create problems on its own. But anyhow, that's the first biggest problem, Uh, one monopoly going to another. The second is that even though uh, Teba companies are often stock uh, companies, stockholders are not seen as the real owners. It's the family head Mm -hmm. which is seen as a real owner. And that means sometimes management practices are not transparent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even though these companies have no legal relations, uh, one strong company may subsidize or uh, give assistance to a smaller company or a worse-run company that are uh, within the group uh, just because they belong to the same uh, Chabar uh, group structure. Mm. And what happens there sometimes is that it not only props up a company which should go out of business, but it also weakens the company, which uh, gives uh, perhaps sometimes too much assistance uh, to these weaker companies. Uh, which weakens the economy, uh, the entire group and sometimes the entire economy as well. We've seen that during the uh, 1998 
seven Asian financial crisis. Uh, we're living in a capitalist society, after all. Some may criticize, as you've alluded, Dr. Young, that the government's excessive intervention may disrupt markets and hurt company growth. As you've said, in a competitive market, maybe those monopolies were deserving, well-earned. Where do we draw this fine line between growth and regulation? Okay, well, I think uh, any... Uh, it should... Uh, it's the criteria should be, does it add to competition or does it not? Uh, I mentioned cross-subsidization. The reason that that is so harmful is that uh, if a new travel company or travel affiliated company comes up, it may not uh, be standing on a uh, uh, not exactly level uh, playing ground because they would have all this extra cash coming in mm. uh, from their Tebar uh, affiliates and partners. Mm. Uh, so uh, Tebars can go into new fields. Sometimes that is expected, uh, but they should do uh, the uh, Fair Trade Commission and the government should make sure that they do that on their own. Uh, when they compete, they use not. Uh, they do not use the money from other uh, Tebar affiliates, uh, and uh, they. Uh, try to compete and succeed on their own merits as much as possible. Uh, as I said, other countries, uh, they uh, keep close monitoring on cross-subsidization. Some, uh, sometimes uh, they have illegal uh, legal uh, limits against uh, cross-subsidization, mm. and Korea should pay more attention to that as well. Uh, but I th- uh, one of the problems is that because Tebas are so big, because uh, Tebas are so successful, uh, I think Koreans may be more tolerant of uh, this type of monopoly activities uh, than perhaps other market economies like the U.S. or EU. Uh, so we do tend to see more Tebas partners in a lot of uh, different industries and Koreans. Uh, do tend to accept that a lot of industries being a monopoly or oligopoly of Mm -hmm. a few Teber-affiliated companies. Thank you very much, Dr. Young, for today's insights. We'll speak to you again next week. Thank you. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.